Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the wild NFL wild card weekend we just had. We had football games Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Yes, we're going to talk about other things than the Chicago Bears today. We're going to talk about the rest of the NFL. Um, we're just going to discuss the games real quick, discuss different topics that happened throughout the games, uh, and things that people wanted to talk about and discuss, and we'll dive into that, whether maybe some coaches made some good mistakes, bad mistakes, uh, some people's thoughts, uh, and all that good stuff. Uh, that will be today's episode. Before we get into that, make sure you hit the like button on this video if you're watching it on the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel as well. You can find the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, literally anywhere. So please give that a follow, a rate, be a friend, tell a friend. Uh, also check out ColorCast. ColorCast is a app for Apple. As of right now, they'll move on to try to get it to Android here anytime now. And it is a sports commentary app. It's a sports hot take app. It's a sports live podcast app like we are right now. I'm currently live on ColorCast. So go check out, if you have Apple, download ColorCast uh, create your profile and everything, and then check out the Coach Steve show on there as well. Uh, follow it. If you get on there and follow, uh, I will follow you and support you as well. So well, please do all that for me. Uh, this podcast is also brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com, check out over the 70 podcasts there. Check out all the blogs um, and other material on there. Again, bellyupsports.com. Be on the lookout in just case they change their name. I don't know if it'll be happening, but it's supposed to be possibly changing maybe to Belly Up Sports Media or Belly Up Media Network. There's stuff on there other than sports. 
Uh, the podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football and is back to the basics books and drills. If you're a football coach like me and you're looking to get simple, quote unquote, back to the basics, this is a perfect place for you. Uh, his very first book is over five, 600 pages of, of just pure drills. Then he's got different books on everything where he breaks down even more. Uh, go to CoachStoneFootball.com and check out all the books he has. He has a whole series out. There's so many books I can't keep up. He seems like he pumps out a book every two books every year or so, if not more. Uh, so CoachStoneFootball.com, check out all the books. Let's get back to the basics. You will never have to look up another drill again. I promise. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, we had a wild NFL wild card weekend. No pun intended. With we had a wild weekend. Um, it was great for sports fans because we were going to have football Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, I wanted to wait to do this episode till after the Monday game and I had to talk about other things like Illinois basketball and everything so we had a wild card weekend uh the very first game was on was the Raiders versus the Bengals and the Bengals are really improved I mean with Joe Burrow at quarterback uh, it, you know, he has led this team, you know, it was crazy, you know, this point last year or points last year, we talked about the Bengals having this terrible offensive line. Uh, Joe Burrow had got hurt, but even before that, he, you know, had a terrible offensive line, couldn't be protected. He was taking tons of hits. They adjusted some players. They adjusted the offense where he wasn't taking these major hits, you know, especially after he hurt his knee last year. So it's been incredible to see this big bounce back from the Bengals. There's there's a little swagger to them. They have a little life. They've kind of taken the personality of Joe Burrow, kind of like the LSU team, you know, on the offensive side. When he was at LSU, he was calm, cool, and collected. They pull out a win versus the Raiders, 26-19. to David Carr did play uh, – or Derek Carr, sorry, played pretty well. 29-54, to 310 yards and one touchdown. Um, chase for them for the Cincinnati Bengals had 116 passing yards. Um, just I mean an overall entertaining game. Uh, Joe Burrow didn't have to do crazy too much. Uh, the offense really stepped up for him. But I mean, he uh, was 24, 34, 244 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He only got hit twice for sacks. The run game was iffy. You know, Mixon had 48 yards. Jamar Chase had 23 yards. So they had to rely on the pass game. Had to rely on their defense. To stop the Raiders, they just came out and played better. They have a little confidence to them. They have a little swagger to them. I don't see them making the Super Bowl. I know some people are discussing how they could possibly make it to the Super Bowl. I The only way that will happen is if other teams literally don't prepare well for them. But again, I've said this a million times. If people listen, they have confidence. When a team has confidence... That is what will set them apart from other teams. No matter how much talent you have, yes, sometimes talent does take over. But when you've got confidence, that's everything. Uh, when you know, I coach basketball. And we say that to the, to the players all the time when we're in a game. You know, hey, when you give a team confidence, every shot they're going to shoot is going to go in. So with the Bengals having confidence, blocks are going to last an extra second. These tighter throws are going to get through. This tough catch is going to be made. This tough tackle is going to be made. Just things go right for you when you have uh, confidence. Do I see them winning the Super Bowl? No. I don't even know if they'll make it to the Super Bowl. But it was the first time they've won a playoff game in like 30 years. Uh, Now, this game really set the world ablaze with the refing. 
the refing was questionable. A lot of calls, uh, controversial touchdown, and this crew after the game got told, oh, you are not refing the rest of the playoffs. Um, so again, I told you we're going to talk about these games, and then we're going to talk about a little hot topics. So we're going to move on before we go into some hot topics, but it was a great game by all. Uh, the Bengals move on in the playoffs. Then the, the game that people got wrong, the Buffalo Bills versus New England Patriots. I heard so many people say this will be a three-point game, which I don't blame them. The Patriots have been playing well. You know, it's been up and down. They had that long stretch of them playing well, but then they kind of came back down to earth. You know, Mac Jones is a rookie, so rookies normally don't continue to do that well. But I, but I, if you if you foresaw the Bills winning forty seven to seventeen or the New England Patriots winning forty seven to seventeen, I I have nothing for you that I would call you a liar. No one expected this from a Bill Belichick team. I think this is most points he's given up in a very long time, especially in the playoffs in a very long time. Allen balled out with 308 yards passing and five touchdowns. He had more touchdowns and incompletions. 21 of 25 and five touch like for five touchdowns. And Singletary had 81 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Like, like it, it's just crazy that they scored 47 points on a Bill Belichick team. And it's the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, they're 11 and six, but there's times I've watched Buffalo. They've lost games they shouldn't have. Uh, they've been in close games that they shouldn't have. And so they've been really consistent too. And people are really confident on the Bills Mafia to make it to the playoff or uh, to the Super Bowl. I don't know. They still have a chance. But with how up and down they've been, good Lord, I have no idea if they will. Now the Patriots have some decisions to make because their defense and their look old. Tackling look old. The speed look old. Now, during the season, they didn't, but it just looked like they got old. So they need to figure out some pieces on their defense. Uh, do they need to go sign some players? Do they need to make some trades? Bill Belichick's report to come back. I don't see him. He, I don't know if the Patriots will win another Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, it's quite possible. I have a theory of what could happen with the Patriots, maybe. But with who they have now, I don't know. But again... The Bills Mafia is here. Uh, they jumped on a white table here and then beat the Patriots down with this white table. So it was just a great Saturday. And then you move on to uh, Sunday. The Buccaneers hosted the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles were, you know, they've been up and down. They were ended up being 9-8 and eight here. Nobody, if you, there was no way. There was no way. The Eagles were going to beat the the Buccaneers with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and everything. Tom Brady, two hundred seventy one yards, two touchdowns. Where the you know the Eagles didn't score their fifteen points in the fourth quarter, and the Buccaneers did. So they figured it out in the fourth quarter, but they did not have great quarterback play there on the Eagles side. Again, that Eagles team has been up and down, left and right. You know, Jalen Hurts. 258 yards, but he had two interceptions. So, yeah, the yards were there, but just, you know, threw the ball to the other team. Uh, Tom Brady, you know, carried his team. So, the Eagles with those two interceptions, you take them back, it's a game. Uh, So, in a way, this is – I don't know if it's concerning for the Buccaneers because they are looking to repeat as Super Bowl champs. For some of you out there, maybe it was a little scared that the Eagles scored 15 and they scored none. But, I mean, it's 31-0 going in the fourth quarter. I mean, I think you're okay. But – you know, this is a team that maybe you should have blown out, but it's the NFL. You know, blowouts are, don't come as easy. Uh, you know, one, another topic we're going to get to, like I said, we're going to quickly go over these games, then I'll go over some hot, some things people said about this. 
Is, are the Eagles going to be looking for a quarterback next year? You know, that sounds crazy. They had Minshew. They have Jalen Hurts. Uh, they've claimed today that they're not going to look for a quarterback. I don't see why the Eagles need to look for a quarterback. I don't see why. Jalen Hurts led you to this. Uh, he's young. He could be your guy. I actually love Garn Minshew. I think he could be the guy. There was a one point in time I wanted the Bears to get him before – Hell, I'll still take him over Justin Fields a little bit, and that's a, I, I will say that forever. Watching him at Washington State ball out, did some things at Jacksonville, uh, just his passion. I, I don't even care if he starts. I want him on the freaking team. He, he'd be bringing that energy to Chicago. He'd be at every bar. He, I'd have to go to that bar where he was at. If Garrett Minshew gets to the bar in Chicago, you will find my ass at the bar with him uh, when we wearing sweatbands and everything else. So I don't know why the Eagles all of a sudden are talking about or people. Again, this is people. This is not the team. It's people. You know, I, I don't know if you claim us to be in the media, but I, I don't know if anybody out there that listens. Why do the Eagles think they need a new quarterback? I mean, that's always the topic of discussion. They need this type of quarterback for teams. Why? Jalen Hurts can do it. Maybe you start Minshew. I don't know. Uh, young coach, new offense. I think they'll figure it out. You make the playoffs this year. I think you'll figure it out. You know, so I don't know why you need to go in there and get a new quarterback. Jalen Hurts is a winner. You need winners in your program. Not necessarily the throw. Like, I mean, not bad numbers. It was a two interceptions. You you wipe out those two interceptions. You got a ball game. You got yourself a ball game here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who may not repeat a Super Bowl champs. And that's a whole other topic out there for a different time. I don't know if they're going to repeat a Super Bowl champs. You know, they, they're a little banged up on offense. Tom Brady is just old enough, but just sneaky enough to where you have to put the whole game on his back. Can he carry it? But he's just sneaky enough to where he could probably carry the team on his back because he's aging backwards like freaking Benjamin Button out there. So I, I'm saying that, you know, Tampa Bay may not, probably won't repeat. Now I'll take, you know, whatever. It's Tom Brady. It's Bruce Arians. Um, another thing. How stupid was it that Bruce Arians got fined $50,000 for smacking the player on the helmet? And I'll take a lot of heat for that. Should Bruce Arians have run up and told him to get back and kind of like, no. But I think Bruce Arians wasn't even looking where the arm was going either. How dumb was... First of all, $50,000 is nothing. Now, to some coaches, maybe, because these players make way more money than the coaches. But $50,000 for... What's the difference between that and on the sideline when they smack the helmet? I don't I don't understand. If you're watching the video, guys, I'm glancing down at ColorCast. ColorCast is on your phone. It's great. You know, let's uh, need to download it. But, yeah, so Bruce Arians, after this game, was fined $50,000. And I know I liked you. I want to go through the games and the hot topics, but I will forget because I am an old man. Watching the video, I could see why they're like, oh, he's, he's doing whatever. And people like Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, like, oh, my God, back in the day, you could do that. But then in today's world, oh, my God, you can't do it. Well, why not? Okay. Now, I understand if he's like punching or really like, bam. I don't think that's what he was doing. I think he was just like, hey, get back, get back. And he just went to push and wasn't paying attention is what I think. And I think if it was a bigger deal... The player would have came out and talked about it. So 
I don't know why it's a big deal. And you find $50,000. That's a lot of money. Now, he's made a lot of money. Bruce Arians made a lot of money over his time. They're just going to take it out of his checks. But it means more. That's a lot of money to a coach. But I don't think he should have been fined $50,000. You know, I think, again, I think the NFL has now come into, if it's making people mad on social media, if it's making people... You know, in the media, you know, to talk about it, well, hell, then we might as well do something. I said the same thing about the Aaron Rodgers situation. I think they're just kind of like, whoa, 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 we got to kind of have to, yeah, you know, take care of that. So it's it's just a weird time. But the Buccaneers move on from the Eagles. Uh, you know, they get the, the win. They move on to the next round. Again, I don't know if they're going to um, repeat as champs. Uh, and I'll take heat for that because there's a lot of good teams that are going to have to play to get there. Uh, moving on, that happened. Then we got games, the next game, uh, which big topics here we're going to have, was the 49ers versus the Cowboys. 49ers come away with the win, 23-17. to The Cowboys have been hot this year. You know, they were 12-4 and or 12-5. and um, High-powered offense. Their defense could play very, very well. They get after it. Dan Quinn has done a great job with that defense. Um, Kellen Moore is an offensive coordinator who is pretty young, um, done pretty well. Dak Prescott's played well. So, I mean, it's hit or miss. Sometimes the Cowboys were amped, but when they're on, they are on, and they have one of the best offenses in the NFL. But they did not play like themselves at all. And people underestimate the 49ers. People underestimate Kyle Shanahan. People underestimate Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G. Okay. Now, I went to EIU while Jimmy G was there. I helped out spring ball when he was on the team with Dino Babers as the coach. Now, I'm not saying I'm this Jimmy G fan. I'm not saying I'm this Jimmy G like, woo, 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 to have his jersey. I don't have that. But I got to see the dude play. There's talent there. And you got to call like you see it. Is Jimmy G consistent in the NFL? No. He has had himself some rough games. He has had himself some great games. He has had himself just enough to win the game. Just enough. But that's kind of what you need in a quarterback, right? That's kind of what you want. So I, I, these people on social media, these people on ESPN and Fox Sports, they don't trust Jimmy G. Jimmy G's going to do X, Y, and Z and ABC. They've seen him make mistakes, some bonehead mistakes. Well, yes, most quarterbacks have done that besides the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, and other things. They've made certain mistakes. We know that Bill Belichick didn't want to get rid of him, right? Okay. So he wanted to keep him, but they kind of had Tom Brady, so they were just like, eh. One one thing I can foresee is he is back with New England. I know they have Mac Jones and you're building on that. I want to see Jimmy G go back to New England. I want to see Jimmy G get back there. Jimmy G is not that bad of a quarterback. You just have to have the offense do what he is capable of doing. So, for example, at EIU, they ran the Baylor offense because Dino Babers brought that from Baylor and the Art Bryles system. And Jimmy G sometimes had to do zone reads and run. Well, no offense to him. He's not that runner. But ever since the Bears game, he has played. Now, has he stayed healthy? No, that's another knock he gets is that he hasn't played healthy. He's not fully healthy. 
all the time. So I don't know why there's all this hate to Jimmy G. They went to the Super Bowl with him. They were up, and then all of a sudden the the Kansas City Chiefs were like, oh, yeah, we we can play football. Like, we know what we're doing. So they turned it on and played and everything else, and that was just a whole team loss. The defense should have done something. Jimmy G should have done better. But I don't understand this whole, hey, I kind of do, but I kind of don't because the dude has won games. Uh, He did enough in this game to win. And and maybe it's because the numbers aren't ball-popping. So, Jimmy G, 16 of 25, 172 yards. Now, he had the interception. But guess what? That 172 yards is what they're asking him to do. Make the short completions. Play actions. Our defense is going to help carry that. I think it's because it's not ball-popping out. It's not eyeballs popping because then you look at Dak Prescott. Oh, 23 of 43, 254 yards and a touchdown interception. Jimmy G just does enough to win the game, put you in a spot to win the game. And sometimes that's what you have, and that's all you need. So I never really understood fully the Jimmy G hate. There's a reason why Bill Belichick and them drafted him. There's a reason why the reports of Bill Belichick not wanting to get rid of him, but had to do what ownership and the GM and all that was going for. So I've never really understood that. The Jimmy G hate, I just, I don't know. I don't get it all the time. I had to watch him beat the Bears in person. His very first start, I was in Soldier Field. Got to, had to witness that. Now I had to witness it this year. You know, he's pulling the ball and running. Um, yes, sometimes it consists of throwing the ball. So I do understand part of it, but I also don't fully understand it because he wins games. They're in positions to win games. He's doing exactly what the coaches are coaching him to do. And I think he needs to go back to New England. I won't be 100% shocked if we see him back in New England. But at the same time, like he's doing what needs to be done. Now, on the flip side for the Cowboys, they did not show up. They came up and played like complete and utter crap. And, you know, but here's the thing. Dak Prescott kind of showed up, but what did their receivers do? Okay, the 49ers defense stepped up, but what did their receivers do? Were they really getting open? Who was Dak Prescott throwing to? Okay, so here is some of the guys that they pay a lot of money to. Cooper kind of did six catches for 64 yards, but C.D. Lamb, this guy at your pain, had one catch for 21 yards. Goodwin, 16 yards. Pollard, 12 yards. Okay, where were they at? Dalton Schultz was the really receiver with 89 passing yards. Zeke Elliott couldn't get the run game going, so kudos to the 49ers defense. But people are saying Dak Prescott played really bad because he had this interception. But look, he got hit five times. That offensive line doesn't do that. He got hit five times. Yeah, he completed 20, but the, the Cowboys throw the ball a lot. A lot. And again, I we've said this. Now, pe- now Stephen A. Smith of the world, they live for this. They live for the Cowboys to lose. I think football is better when the Cowboys are good. That's just me. There's Again, we've talked about it. There are certain teams that are good when certain teams are good in their perspective sports, baseball, college football, NFL, NBA, when specific teams are good, it just seems like football is good. And I think that's what the Cowboys, when the Cowboys are winning besides all the haters, which is most of America, it just seems like the NFL does better. I mean, Dak Prescott again did what he did. So people are really attacking him saying, well, he was hot garbage. Well, he was this, well, he was that. I thought he had a pretty good game, but again, when Dalton Schultz is your leading receiver for the Cowboys at 89 yards, the other guys that you're paying a lot of money to that aren't getting open, uh, you're paying a lot of money to the offensive line, they're giving up five sacks. And then I, I don't know what you want. Like that to me, 
you got to give credit to the 49ers defense in this situation, right? That I mean, again, Jimmy G did just enough. Did just enough. I've already talked about, you know, I don't know why people give Jimmy G all this hate. They did just enough to keep them in the game. The defense did what they did because Kyle Shanahan is going to coach the offense and do what it's capable of doing and not overdo it to where, oh, I'm not going to ask them to do X, Y, and Z and A, B, C. So Mr. Michael Moss here on ColorCast says Cowboys are the most overrated team in the NFL and they have a garbage coach. I don't think they're overrated. I mean, 12-5 and five is is good. Now we could talk you know, their schedule and everything else. I think Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. I think they have good receivers. I think they have a good offensive line. Dan Quinn did an amazing job with the defense. That defense was flying around all over the place. I mean, their defense still only held 49ers to 23 points. They hold them to 23 points. You have a chance to win the game. But I don't think Helen Moore called a great game. Um, I'm not talking about just the division, but still, something has to be said when you go 12 and 5. So I don't think they're overrated, overrated. I'm not saying that, you know, when the season first starts and they say the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl, eh, let's pump the brakes a bit, you know. I don't think they're that overrated. I mean, they, I mean they're a pretty good football team. They do play in the worst division. I'm surprised because the Bears are terrible and they're in the NFC North. And yes, um, I, I think he missed the first half. I was talking about Jimmy G and the hate Jimmy G gets. Ever since Jimmy G and them beat the Bears and Jimmy G just kind of said screw it because people wanted him out of San Francisco. As soon as that happened, he's like, I'm going to play football. And they've been on fire. And Kyle Shanahan has done a great job with what he has with all the injuries. That defense has done a great job. Um, I also think, the, again, I've said this about the Cowboys. I, I wouldn't go to say they're overrated, but I think they were a roller coaster, which is what they normally are. Because I watched a lot of Cowboys games this year because they're always on TV. We've seen them play at the highest level, and they've done a fantastic job, and they've had this high-powered offense, and they've had this great defense. Then we watch them play, and they look like a team from a couple years ago, and you're like, oh, my God, they don't know how to score. They don't know how to stop people. So they just are a roller coaster. I wouldn't go as far as overrated. You can't be really that overrated when you win 12 games. And you could talk about the division all you want, but they have to play other teams too. So, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I see what you're saying, and I completely respect it and understand it. When, if you say they're overrated, I understand it. Now, we'll get to Mike McCarthy here in a second. I mean, they beat good teams. Now, they did lose to the Buccaneers by three points at the beginning. But they beat the Chargers, who at the time was playing well. Um, they beat the Patriots, who had played well at that time. Uh, the Vikings at the time, they, they beat. They, they, you know, they did pretty well. Um, you know, then they played close to other teams. Now, they beat some garbage teams, understandably. They just weren't as consistent as they needed to be. So, I don't know. When you win 12 games, I don't know if you want to say overrated, unless you go into the season and you go, ah, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Like, ah, let's pump the brakes. No. Um, so, you know, talking about the coach, Mike McCarthy, uh, some of the decision-making, yes. Some of the play calling, yes. Now, he doesn't do the play calling, but by God, he's a part of it. Um, that could have been a lot better. The play that everybody's talking about is the draw, the draw play. You know, they're coming down. There was like, what, 10 seconds left, and there was a quarterback draw. Now, I'd have to go back back and re-look at it. Was it the first thing that was called? Was it a check play? Did they think, since they're dropping everybody back into coverage, that this is a play where he can run, maybe get out of bounds, or be able to run? Because if you look, as soon as he took off, the line started to take off to get to the line and spike it. Now, yes, what me being an offensive coach, would I have called that play? No. 
But again, another before I start this, it is easy watching a game and saying, this is what I would do. And the reason why it's easy to sit there and go, this is what I would do, is because we did not game plan for that game. We are not in the moment. We don't know what it's like to coach an NFL game. We don't. When you coach a football game, there are so many things going through your mind that you have to make split-second decisions. You have to look at what's going on. Like There's so much stuff going on. And that's why you a lot of times see head coaches not and especially in the NFL, not call defense or offense. They're just a part of it because they are the CEO. They have other things to do. Now, they are a part of it because they take the blame. So the reason why you see that a lot of the times is because they have to make these split-second decisions. And so a lot of us that sit back and watch, and this is including myself, we can sit back and, you know, you see these people on ESPN and Fox and everything else. It's so easy to criticize because you could do such a better job. Would I have called a quarterback draw? No. But something had to lead. Did Mike McCarthy just overrule everybody? Did somebody else bring it up? It had to have been discussed. Okay. So... um. Mike, they, they, they hit the staff made the decision to go on a quarterback draw. Almost worked. They ran up there. The ref was a little slow to to get it set. I think it would have been a good play call if you had like fifteen or twenty seconds because you moved the ball. I just don't think I would have called it. I agree that he probably should have. They probably should have called some type of pass play and everything else. If you're gonna do something like that, do a draw with the running back. Do something to get him out of bounds, but. Yeah, I, I mean, it's easy for us to sit back here and criticize or talk about whatever um, on the play because, again, we're not in that moment. You know, I coach high school, so even at a college, you have all these other pressures. Imagine being in the NFL and you have all these pressures. You're on national TV. It's the playoffs. You are on the Dallas Cowboys, which is America's team. You have Jerry Jones up there looking at you and everything else. But then people are already calling right after this. He defended it, which he's going to have to. He's going to have to live with it. Um People are already saying to fire him after year, what, two? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Where the first year was during the COVID time, and he had some injuries that they had to deal with, and then he won twelve games this year, and you want him fired? That's crazy. I get it. I get why you want some people want him fired. I mean, the comment today he made, or whenever, saying it's okay. I know how to win. Well, he knows how to win because. 
it was easier in Green Bay because he had Aaron Rodgers. Now, he had to play call. He had to be the play call for Brent Favre. He had to play call for Aaron Rodgers. But when you got talent like that in Green Bay, it's, yeah. Yes, the Cowboys had enough talent to win the Super Bowl this year. Not saying they were going to. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is they had the talent to win the Super Bowl. But people are already calling for him to be fired. Now, again, some are saying this that are ex-NFL head coaches or coach NFL. Those guys I listen to more than, like, you know, these other guys that are on there. Um, especially when they bring personal things into it of, well, they hate the Cowboys. Like Stephen A. Smith. He he has taken the thing too far. I get it. You don't like the Cowboys, and I appreciate that because you have to be a fan of teams. You... You are have the uh, you are allowed the right to not like other teams, but it's like this whole thing on ESPN where they gotta make a big half hour thing about it. Like Jesus, move on already. We understand it was cool for the first couple of times, and now let's just move on. Why are we calling for his job already? Like why? Why are we calling for the job? I don't get it. I don't understand it. I, I get it. Okay, I shouldn't say I understand why you're calling for his job. But at the same time, it's year two. Now, year three next year. Next year, if they're not winning games, um, you know, you're not seeing an improvement. Maybe you have a similar type of season and the exact same thing happens again. Yes, that's where then it needs to be brought up about do we move on? Because they're talking about firing him and bringing up Kellen Moore, who people talk about interviewing for head job. Fine. I mean, he's been offensive coordinator. I mean, maybe, but he is pretty young. But the Sean McVay, you know, that worked out. He was a young coach. I just wouldn't jump the gun yet because, yes, Mike McCarthy had Aaron Rodgers, and he was on the Packers, had some talent. But, yes, he, he's been a part of winning teams. He know what that feels like. He's seen it. Um, so I wouldn't jump the gun on firing him yet. But a comment that says, I know how to win. Um Maybe leave that alone. Just just maybe kind of say, I've been a part of winning programs. I want to install the winning program stuff here. Maybe just keep it at that, buddy. But, yeah, you know, again, that's why they call it Wild Card Weekend. That's why they call it a Wild Card Weekend. To wrap it up, uh, well, before we wrap it up, um, real quick, you football coaches out there, are your guys' uh, helmets, you know, the offensive linemen and defensive line, are their helmets getting scuffed up during inside run periods or just everyday drills? Uh, I know they're not leaning with their head. We know they're not leaning with their head. But offensive linemen, you know, sometimes they bang a little bit. The face masks get hit. The helmets get, you know, everything else. Well, there's a way to protect those shells and reduce the repetitive blows the guys are taking, it, taking each and every week, and it's guardian caps. And they're stylish. They look great. It goes over the helmet. Uh, whatever hits come near, it's going to absorb it. Um, so it takes away from the recondition of the helmet, the painting of the helmet even. I mean, it's just a win-win. Um, you know, it reduces their blows by 20 to 33%. It's worn by f- over five NFL teams, over 200-plus co- colleges like Georgia, Alabama, Penn State, uh, and much more, more, just bigger colleges. Um, so for you football coaches out there, I'm here to help you out. If you go to guardiansports.com slash guardian dash caps, and use the code 15 off. I'm going to save you 15% off your order, whether you're buying one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or a whole bulk. It's going to save you 15%. So click the link in the description below or go to guardiansports.com slash guardian dash caps. Use the code 15 off. It's going to save you 15% off your order. Let's save the helmets. Let's help with the blows. We know that's a hot topic in football. So let's do that for the helmets and for the kids. 15 off. 
save you fifty percent off. Go down for me, coaches. Thank you so much. And we all get tired. We all need that midday pick-me-up or right away you don't sleep well and you need something to help you in the morning, but you're afraid to drink something with a lot of caffeine. Um, or you're just looking for a pre-workout that's going to help you at the gym, but doesn't help, you don't want all the caffeine and the jitters and everything else. Well, if you go to swiftlifestyles.com, you're going to get a clean nutritional drink to help with that midday pick-me-up, something to take before you go work out, or something in the morning to help you wake you up. Uh, so if you go to swiftlifestyles.com, it's going to come in a tub. It, the bubblegum flavor is delicious. It's going to come in a tub. You get 30 servings. If you, you can put it in a glass and stir it. If you need a shaker, they've got shaker cups on there. Um, if you go to swiftlifestyles.com and at checkout, use the code COACHDUSHOW, all one word. You're going to save 15% off your order. Help supports me. It lets them know that I sent you. So go do that for me, swiftlifestyles.com. Code Coach Steve Show, all one word. It's going to save you 50% off. Go do that for me. So, wrapping up the Sunday part of it, and then we'll get to real quick to Monday. Wrapping up the Sunday part, the Chiefs and the Steelers. Now, we all knew deep down inside the Steelers weren't going to win against the Chiefs. Big Ben's been way too inconsistent. He has been a former, he's been a shell of himself. We all get this. The Chiefs, they're a little banged up. Um, we knew with the talent they have, and they can turn it on when they want, which is scary for people that play them, but it's also scary for them as well. We all kind of knew, right? But again, you have sports commentators, Nick Wright, who's a big Chiefs fan going, this is better than a bye week because they can go out there and play and they don't have to do the rust. I see what he's saying. He wanted to get a hashtag going. He likes to look cool. He wants to be relevant. He, he's kind of like a politician where he wants to be the complete opposite of everybody else. You know, it's, it's kind of like that. So I was really wanting the Steelers to pull off this upset because of Nick Wright. You know, like, it's better than a bye week. Uh, you know, playing them is like playing nobody. Well, dumbass, you play the game. You don't look at it on paper and you play the game. I mean, yeah, they won 42-21. to 21, Big time. It's, it's, I mean, to me, it's kind of like a blowout. I mean, it's three scores. But they probably should have won by more. Um, but the Steelers, I mean, the, the the Chiefs did what we all thought they would. We don't have to boast about it. We all kind of knew. Uh, I was really rooting for the Steelers. But the bigger story is not 100% announced, but I think it is. It was Big Ben, Ben, ben Roethlisberger's last game with the Steelers. I think he should have retired a year and a half ago, if not two years ago. He was just trying to play. He still had a love for the game. But he's not himself. He was slower. He, you know, he couldn't run like he used to. He wasn't making the type of throws that he used to. Um, so it was his final game. So much respect to Big Ben. I know the off the field stuff. Yeah, it is what it is. But on the field stuff, I mean, he ended. You know, he had a sixty-four point four completion percentage, sixty-four thousand eight hundred. Or 64,088 yards. His passes averaged 7.6. He had 418 touchdowns and 211 interceptions. So it was great time. Two-time Super Bowl champ. Um, great things there. You know, not much talk about this game besides, the, you know, this is one of the big topics. You know, I said somebody he should be in the Hall of Fame. I think it's questionable, but Hall of Fame type of numbers. One, two Super Bowls. I know the first Super Bowl he didn't play very well, but the Cardinals he did. Um, so great career for Big Ben Roethlisberger. Everybody, you know, give him a clap because, you know, we won't, he, he's probably done. 
not 100% official yet, but it needs to be. He needs to be done. So now the Steelers, they're done. They made the playoffs great. Mike Tomlin did what he had to do. Now they've got to address the quarterback situation, which he will figure out he's a fantastic coach. That's why they win. That's why he's been there. So they will figure it out. It will get done. There's got to the quarterback situation. 100% not done yet. Um, but or it's not 100% on that. The only thing about the Chiefs is they really like opened up the playbook. Um, now, we're going to look at both sides of this. I was questioning, you know, you've got Kelsey throwing a touchdown. You've got these other kind of gimmick plays that worked. And the question then becomes, well, why are they doing this playbook? Why are they opening it up? Now you're giving other teams what you're going to do, so you can't do these again. Well, then, but the flip side of this, guys, is in football, if you do think one time, the other team's got to talk about it and spend a couple minutes on it. So, oh, Kelsey can throw a touchdown pass, but well, now the defense has to walk through it. Oh, they're doing this on defense, like they're lined up with this. Well, now we've got to walk through it. So now you're making the other team waste time. You may never call that play ever again. You may line up in that formation, but you're not going to do that. So they opened up the playbook for the Steelers in order to beat them. So, I mean, kudos to the Steelers. You must have done something for them to have to open up the playbook like that. Um, but from now on, I will always root against the Steelers. I will become Nick Wright, and I will root against the Chiefs because I never want them to win because of how he boasted, how this was better than a bye week. How disrespectful to an NFL team, an NFL player saying this is better than a bye week. How disrespectful. You don't play the game on paper. You play the game. You play the game on the field, which he never did because he looks like a poindexter. He looks like he doesn't know how to play a sport. So, whatever. Maybe he plays a sport. I have no idea. But he looks like he never played a sport. I doubt he understands how to coach. I doubt he understands some of the game. It's easy to sit back when you're making all this money to say this and that, but I doubt he understands all that. But, you know, we all know my hatred for him and how dumb I think he is and, and everything else, all this money he makes and doesn't deserve the money. So now we move on. We end the wild card weekend. Uh, Cardinals and Rams. Cardinals have been up and down. They have been said to be one of the best teams in the NFL. But one of the things you've noticed, now the Rams got the win 34 to 11. One of the things that we need to remember about uh, Kingsbury, good coach. I like the offense he runs. Even at Texas Tech, the times I've done well, they've ended on losing streaks. They might lose their last four out of six or three out of seven or whatever it is. It's happened with the Cardinals. So I don't know what the common – I mean, it might be him. It might not be him. I don't know. But it just seems that happens under his type of teams. Um, But this was a fantastic game to come into, but – the Cardinals did not play well. The Rams did play well. Matthew Stafford had to show up and do his thing. Um, the Rams had to rely on a bunch of different things. You know, different guys running the ball. Uh, Sony Michael had to run the ball. Cam Akers had to run the ball. Uh, Matthew Stafford himself had 22 yards. So when you got two guys, 58 yards, 55 yards, that helps. Uh, Matthew Stafford did what he had to do. 13 of 17, 202 yards, two touchdowns. So they were just being methodical. They were taking what the Cardinals were giving him. Um, Kyler Murray just did not show up. I mean, he just did not show up from the outside looking in. 19 of 34, 137 yards, and two interceptions. Interceptions, name of the game. You know, you get those back and you got a ball game. And then they're not gonna, they're not predicated to running the ball. I mean, they do. It's the NFL. He's going to call run plays. But Kingsbury wants to throw the ball. So they had, you know, try to do the run game. Chase Evans only had 28 yards. So LA's a good team. You know, we've people have said when they got this team put together that they were going to win the Super Bowl. Then they, you know, they haven't played well and everything else. Um, 
again, a roller coaster. This this NFL, though, has been a roller coaster. Everybody's played well, Super Bowl caliber. Everybody's not played well, a non-Super Bowl caliber. So it's just been one of those years, and the Rams are one of those teams. But again, in the playoffs, you have to show up and play defense, and you have to execute what you're good at. So with the Rams, if you're good at wide zone, that's what they're going to predicate on. Good at play action, that's what they're predicated on. They're going to do other things, keep the team honest. But they're going to do their. They are going to do the basics. They're going to do what they're good at in the playoffs, and the defense has to step up in the playoffs. And your full game plan goes to that team. When this is happening, your full playbook goes into this. Understand. Like, it fully goes into it. Okay? So that's why you see the NFL teams and playoff teams. If you're watching the video, uh, I got kicked out of the video. No idea what happened. Embarrassing, probably because Nick Wright heard me and kicked me off. So I apologize. That's embarrassing. Um, Sorry. So we're back. We never lost the audio. Never lost the color cast. So that's fine. The video, it'll take care of itself. Um, So the Rams do what they had to do. Uh... Cardinals are going to have to look themselves in the mirror and say, okay, what do we have to change? Because this is the, you know, one of the times they do well, then they don't do well. They're, they're just going to have to figure it out. Um, they do well during the season. Their defense steps up. They were banked up a little bit. Um, Kingsbury's going to have to go back and look at himself in the mirror, and they're going to have to look at their offense and say, okay, we do pretty well, and we're always there, and everything else. So what else do we have to do? In order to get better, what else is this and that, you know, all that stuff. That's what they're going to have to do. Um, so, wild card weekend's over. Rams won 34-11. So, we got the next round set. Um, one, two th- last things real quick before we wrap up the long episode by myself. Thanks for everybody watching and listening and everything else. Um, yes, if you're watching the video, it's getting a little dark. The sun's going down. We're hurrying up. Uh, we were talking about Mike McCarthy getting fired. Sorry, I'm going over my notes here. Um, one thing the NFL did screw up on, so we're going to have to wait and see, is the, the teams that are playing Monday are going to have to play Saturday. So don't be surprised if you know team that played on Sunday might play on Saturday or vice versa. They're going to have to redo the schedule because that's not fair. to Those are the playoffs. You have to be fully rested and even. So to play on a Monday and then try to play on a Saturday is not the right thing. This is not the regular season. This is the playoffs. We need the best product out there. NFL screwed it up, which leads to this real quick. Um... People say expanding the playoffs caused garbage teams and stuff. Now they're kind of looking at the Steelers. They're kind of looking at the Patriots getting blown out. Well, I've got news. You know, it's the Washington Post. The NFL choose quantity over quality, and its product suffered. Why? Why did it suffer? Because um, halftime scores were 27 to 3, 17-0, 21-7, 21-0. In two close games, you'll, you know, the inadvertent whistle during the Bengals Raiders game because of the the refing. The refing's been bad this year. Um, game debacle with the Cowboys, you know, playmakers make a difference, blah, blah, blah. So then you got and they were talking about the lopsided games. Said it was boring. Well, excuse me. That's usually what happens in the first round sometimes, no matter what, if you expand the playoffs or not. I think the Washington Post and the New York Times just kind of write stuff to be heard because they are trying to be relevant. You know, I'm trying to be relevant, but they they shouldn't have to do that. They're the Washington Post and the New York Times. They expanded the playoffs to allow other teams to get into the playoffs so they have the feel of it. The coach can now be a part of it. Um, they're... Excuse me. 
You know, so now they understand what the playoffs feel like. They understand what it goes into coaching that. They understand all of that. So to expand the playoffs doesn't hurt because we've talked about it for a long time as fans that the playoffs need to be to let other teams in. Uh, you know, so these young guys, if they're on a team, you understand what it feels like. So, no, they didn't choose quote-unquote quad. I mean, you could say that, but it's always happening in the first round. These type of games happen. They happen sometimes in the next round. So what are we talking about here in one of the most up-and-down NFL seasons we've probably ever had? So this article was just written to have an article produced, like, hey, you have to write an article, so write this. What do you mean? Expanding the playoffs is a good thing. You're allowing a fan base to see their team in the playoffs. You're allowing the team, if they get hot, because if a team, you remember the Packers years ago when they won the Super Bowl and they got hot? This would just be one of the years that the team didn't get hot going in. But if you get a team that struggles and then they get hot and they upset one of these teams, then the article is going to be written, expand the playoffs was great. Look, we got this upset, or it's going to be the vice versa. If we didn't expand the playoffs, this team wouldn't have lost. Well, you have to show up and play the game, but, you know, whatever. Just wanted to address that real quick, and the last thing I'll say is about the refing. The NFL refing this year, and even some of the, the college stuff, or the other refing, but the NFL refing this year has been pretty bad. And a couple things real quick. One, when you keep changing all these rules year in and year out, it's just way more for these refs to think about. Think about NFL ref of everything they have to watch. You know, all these rules. And it's the NFL, and they're on the TV stage. They get graded hard, and they have so much running through their mind. They have, they will make mistakes. Now, some of the mistakes that have been made this year in the NFL has, should never have been made. That whistle should never have happened, but it didn't. I don't think it really would have messed up the play or the result. I think it was them saying, "Well, we don't know who did it," you know, and just other stuff that happened. That's why the wrecking crew is not there. But this has been bad. But here's the thing people need to realize. There is a ref shortage, and I'm talking about from my state of Illinois, but I am guessing in other states it's the same way. We are in a ref shortage. We have sometimes freshman refs doing varsity games. We have sometimes where varsity games had to be played on a Thursday. Some have to be played on a Saturday. Some have played on a Saturday night. Some refs, especially in basketball this year, are doing a sophomore game or a JV game and then the varsity game because there are no refs for a couple reasons. One, COVID ramped it up a little bit, but before COVID, we are starting to see this. It's because of how we are all treating refs. Yes, some huge bad calls have to be addressed, but when you've got fans yelling certain things at refs, you've got stuff being thrown at them, it's not going to help. NFL, they make money. College, they make money. But there's a ref shortage, and if you want to continue to see your sports, we have to be careful. But in high school, when they're making 50 to 100 bucks to do this, they don't need the parent yelling at them how dumb they are. They don't need certain you know, coaches to say some things. Now, we can talk to them and everything else, but we need to be careful. But there is a ref shortage. So right now, unless you're going to get off your ass and go ref, we need to be careful about how we're talking to the refs. They're doing the best they can. Like, I don't know what you want. Yes, a lot of stuff in the NFL this year has gone wrong. When the season's over, they need to look at it. Nobody's coming to be a ref, so we're going to keep these refs around. You can't fire them because you're not going to be able to replace them. Nobody's coming up. We need to figure it out. So NFL's got all these rules. you got to relook at these rules and say, okay, how do we change this? 
utilize some of the replay. We've got the best cameras we've ever had ever in civilization besides the aliens. When the aliens come visit, they're going to be like, oh my God, this is old technology. But we have to be careful. We have to figure out how to make these refs life easy. We have to all these rules upon rules upon rules, how you interpret things. We have to figure it out to help make their life easier because they're not these particular refs aren't going anywhere or if they decide to retire or quit it's going to be hard to replace them because you got no NFL guys coming up you're going to have to try to bring up some college guys where there's college ones not doing too hot either so they need to look at the rules and look at the refs and say okay we need to really train you we really need to have this same page of what this looks like and sometimes the refs I think try to make it look like hey ref we know you're here type of thing that needs to be talked about so we need to be careful with these refs there's a ref shortage be nice to the refs as much as we can and that's how i'll end that we just have to be nice to the refs there's a ref shortage so gotta be careful um that wraps up this nfl wildcard weekend i did not mean to talk this long but it just kind of happened um thank you guys so much for listening uh the video it is what it is it for some reason stopped um Thank you guys so much. Uh, make sure you like the video. Uh, be a friend, tell a friend, like and subscribe. Uh, follow the podcast where you listen to your podcast. Ready to be a friend, tell a friend. Uh, check out the Color Cast uh, Coach Steve show on Color Cast. You can download it on Apple. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Stay tuned for weekly episodes. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and this is Coach Steve, another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. And we are out of here. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.